welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we're joined by a lovely guest, Tamara Carter. She's an entrepreneur, self-employed as a travel assistant. She's an endo-warrior diagnosed over 20 years ago and has been recently diagnosed with adenomyosis. Tamara is an advocate for herself and also advocates for others. As a support group lead for Fertility for Colored Girls 16 chapter, she's constantly in the midst of others who understand her journey. Tamara also known as Tam, <laughs> is passionate about sharing her story and spreading hope to others currently in their journeys. So welcome, Tam, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So to start off, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am a uh, fun-loving um, family-oriented person, um, um, single um, African-American female um, who has a desire to still be a parent um, in her late 40s. Wonderful. Thank you for being here. So to get into the conversation about fertility, which is what we wanted to speak about today, I wonder if you could tell us uh, a bit about your fertility journey so far. Um, well, my fertility journey started well before I realized it had started. Um, I've suffered and battled with endometriosis uh, since my 20s, uh, going uh, when I was in college. So um, I didn't realize my fertility was connected to it all. And I think I saw my first REI, reproductive endocrinologist uh, doctor, probably in 2006. Um, and that was after having um, surgery for endometriosis. Um, so when I first talked to the doctor, um, he said I would have challenges um, of trying to conceive and I should start um, considering um, IVF. And at that time, that was a lot to grasp. Um, I had never really heard of it. Um, no family, I had talked about it, friends. Um, everybody I, know, I knew at that point had children. Um, so, uh, or that wanted children or was in childbearing years, you know, that uh, um, were trying to conceive, would conceive naturally. So it was unheard of for me. Um, so I kind of took the conversation and I didn't go back. Um, until 10 years, about 10 years later, 2016, when I tried IVF for the first time. And uh, I did a cycle. Yeah, it didn't, uh, wasn't successful or my implantation failed. And uh, my partner and I at the time, we were devastated. And um, we didn't try immediately again. So um, here I am, what, this is 2022, so about six, seven years later, um, I am hoping to try again. Wow. 
And, you know, like you said, when, when the RE or the doctor told you about that, you're probably wondering, nobody speaks about this, but, you know, no one mentions it. And of course, Black people are, quote unquote, supposed to, you know, be extra fertile and can have so many kids whenever they want. So that must have really been shocking for you to hear. Yes, yes, it, it was. And it was so shocking for me to hear that I just kind of put it in the back of my head and I said, mm-hmm. um, I'll, we'll, I'll have kids when I, when I, you know, when I want or later, it's just not time yet. So yeah. I didn't really take the conversation seriously at all. Um, I prayed about it, of course, and just went on with my life. And, and I didn't really think about it again, like I said, until around 10 years later when I said, okay, it's been 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to do something. I was thinking to myself because I was aging and I, it hadn't happened. So I said, maybe I need to really dig back into that um, conversation and really see another doctor now. And even the doctor that I had at the time, um, he had been talking to me about it prior to me trying in 2016. So he, it's not that I hadn't had the conversation from 2006 until 2016. It was just that I didn't try it because it was so expensive and so unheard of. Um, until 2016, and it just happened to be 10 years later, and I thought, is it be now or never? So I just um, went ahead with it. Wow. And now, considering how we spoke about, no one speaks about it, it's such a taboo subject in uh, communities, and now you're speaking about it. Why did you decide to do that? Um. Because I had a, a, I have a friend, she started speaking about it. She had started having challenges probably about five years ago. Mm. Um, so this was after I had been through my cycle. So probably about um, 2020 or something like that, or maybe earlier than that, I started hearing her voice um, what she was going through and so I had before that I had never heard anybody in my community anybody in my circle any of my peers I had never heard of those conversations and so when she started speaking vocally about it we started chat, having chatting conversations to, together about it she was actually going through her journey and we started sharing some of this we actually had the same doctor at some point and we started sharing stories and um, really encouraging each other. She she encouraged me because she was pretty much already encouraged and, and going through with her journey. Um, hadn't done it maybe one, two, three times before I even knew about it. Um, so she really encouraged me at that point to start pushing more and um, maybe, and at that point, I was still not telling my story. I hadn't told family. Of course, my mother knew and my partner knew, but that was it. Um, mm-hmm. So at that point, I started opening up a little bit more. And then I found Fertility for Color Girls, which helped me even more to realize this is not taboo as it may have may seem. And there are women like, like myself who are going through these challenges. 
well done on all that you're doing to raise awareness and help others know that they're not alone because that's so important mm-hmm. to this journey it is it is yeah. it can be quite isolating it um, it, it was it, def- it definitely was for me um just because um personally going into a fertility clinic um, you don't see your kind. You don't see no. other black women. Um, not that, not that I don't go places. I don't see people like myself, but you feel isolated because you feel like you're in the wrong spot or you feel like, um, you, you just feel a little cold. You, you don't yeah. feel, um, like this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, you start feeling like, those statistics or those um things that people say you know black women are fertile we don't need them. exactly yeah so you you're know? the only so one I'm it seems like, around, like yeah. yeah so but I um I didn't let that stop me I, I I continued to go and 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 do what I needed to do and but the first time around I did not know anything I was um I was ignorant to a lot of the lingo mm. um to it all, you know, it, it was, I didn't, I hadn't done my research. I didn't know anything about it. Most women that I, that I had met, that I have met at this point, their first time they knew a lot. And so my second time around, I said, I'm going to take the time to learn, um, to dig into this, to, to know a little bit more before I try again, because it's expensive. Oh, no. It's very yeah, expensive. It's, it's just... And I, when I did it, it was even more expensive than it is now. So, um, oh wow, and it I is had, bad now. So, if it was more expensive then, then yeah, yeah. And when I when I tried it prior to that, I had checked pricing, and the reason why I went ahead with it when I did is because pricing had kind of started to go down a little bit, or the doctor that I found um, was a little bit uh, in my budget more than the others by not being covered in insurance. But nowadays, more um, uh, employers, um, insurance plans are covering it. However, by myself being self-employed right now, I do have health insurance, but it is not, you don't have any fertility benefits. I mean, you may have diagnosis and, um, uh, uh, but no treatment, no treatment is covered. So you're still paying out of pocket. Wow. And we're hoping with more voices like yours and people speaking about it that that will change in the near yeah. future. Yes, it is. It is. I don't. I I am involving myself more into the conversations and more into the circles that talk about it. Um, so it seems like it's more awareness now. Yeah. Um, or I'm just in the right spots now. You're more you're more around people that are speaking about it and sharing their stories and trying to advocate. Mm-hmm. as well right and since you've been speaking out and being so vocal about your journey have you had other people reach out to you um I'm gonna be honest I really haven't spoke out to crowds that um how can I put it my peers per se um I've been more speaking out to the community of people that may not even know me, um, people that meet me just because we have this in common. Um, I'm speaking out 
where I feel that my voice will be heard or I feel that my voice will help somebody else. Um, so I really haven't brought it home to um, uh, the closest family and friends, of course, uh, at this point know of some of my um, um, battles, but, um, you know, they're not going to fully, I still don't get the full, even from the closest, I don't get the full understanding that I feel that, you know, yeah. Um, it is, it is, it's hard for them, you know? It so I, I try to find myself not in those predicaments because I can't focus on um, trying to console them for <laughs> yeah. me when I need to be on another path trying to keep encouraged. Exactly. So yeah. I just try not to tell my story where it's a burden. I try to tell it where it can help and where it can help others and myself. I certainly mm -hmm. understand that because you, you, for you to understand infertility, you kind of have to been through, it, through it. Yeah, it's just, or know somebody that yeah, I've been a partner with somebody that has been through it. Yeah, exactly. And in your opinion, what do you think that in our societies we can do more of to create more awareness and educate people? about different parts of parenthood, different to the fact that people have, some people have to do IVF or fertility treatments and for people to be less judgmental. Yes. I think it needs to start at, at, at home, unfortunately. It really needs to start um, in, in, in school, I would say. Maybe high school. I'm, I'm not really sure about anything younger than that. But I, I know um, it should be at least in high school. I mean, I didn't really start having issues with pain until I was out of high school. So I was kind of like in, um, I was in college actually. Uh, around my, probably got through my first year of college, but by my second year of college, I was in so much pain. I couldn't go to class. Wow. Um, I couldn't go to work because I always worked school and, 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 um, college so it was days around my cycle that I wasn't going to do anything I wasn't going to leave out the bathroom probably the first day I wasn't going to leave out the bed the second day you know by the third day fourth day I might with enough pain medication I may be okay to um, proceed back to normal life that that was my life from about 19 20 years old every single so, month every single month and so I just thought that was the norm. I mean, all my friends didn't go through that. Um, none of my friends went through that, actually. So I didn't learn about my endo until so a few years later um, after going to my GY and just, you know, kind of voicing how I feel like every month I'm in pain and then I have to call out from uh, work. And I think when I started having to take care of myself, and, and work and pay the rent, I was trying to find a way, why am I having to call out from work? So yeah. um, my GYN, thankful for him, he really listened to me and um, he did the, expo, uh, the uh, laparoscopy. Yeah, I did the laparoscopy, found endo and um, did the surgery. And I was like stage four um, in my twenties. So, um, it just needs 
to be aware. And when I had start, the reason why I said pain is because you have teenagers before they even hit high school, they're in pain. So if they're having cycles in, in middle school and they're in pain, it's not normal. No. It's, it's something going on. I'm not going to say have uh, let them have surgery and all to find, figure out what it is. But, um, you know, that's really up to the, to the parent at that point. But when there's pain for the cycle, don't care the age, there's something behind that. Exactly. And, they, and, they, and I think when we were younger, it was with me to feel like that's normal. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's yeah. just that's how it is for you're supposed to be exactly. in pain. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's not normal. But it's not. It's totally the opposite. I mean, we live with it. It's normal because because so many women live with it. But it's not. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. And whether we realize it or not, um, we're 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 possibly damaging fertility um, or delaying it. Um, you know. So yeah. I was even told, well, once you get pregnant, you'll stop the pain. Okay, but I got to get pregnant. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, but my cause for fertility is, was basically the endometriosis. And, um, yeah. But that's not everyone's case and not everyone in pain has endometriosis. However, it's just something to kind of listen to if your daughter or uh, guardian, if, if, if they hear the child say, you know, there's pain, it's, it's not normal. Uh, and it needs to be in high school to where I know they have certain education classes um, that needs to be part of the curriculum, you know, to teach women about their bodies, yeah. um, nutrition, all of that. Um, I don't recall having any of those classes, um, but it needs to be, and then it will be more talked about with your peers, because if it's something you're, if it's a course in, in, in school, then you're going to likely talk about it with your peers, because a lot of times it's not even talked about with your peers exactly. in, the, in the Black community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because again, everyone thinks it's just them because no one else is speaking about it. Then you feel like, well, I don't want to tell people I'm going through that if no one else is dealing with it. Right. And then you think, oh, that's too much. I don't want to hear about your monthly or. Um, yeah. You kind you of, there's a bit of shame attached to it. You're like, well, why? Yeah. It should be normal. It, it is because that's how reproductive happens. That's how the world keeps going around. Yeah. But yeah, but it is made to feel shame. I've actually heard women say, oh, she's such a drag. I don't want to hear about her um, monthly situation or. Yeah, because it's been it's been it's there somehow. And we've just internalized that and just made it like nothing we need to speak about. Just deal with it and move on, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. Well said. I totally agree that we need to start having that conversation much earlier uh, mm -hmm. with our with high school and just, again, trying to normalize the conversation. Right. Yeah. I think we're having the conversation of birth control and, 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 and maybe sex education, maybe. Um, but all that needs to accompany, all that needs to kind of come 
together. Yeah. So yeah. true. And for your journey, you mentioned uh, prior to our conversation that um, faith has played such a huge role. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say the role has been of faith in your whole fertility journey? Um, I've just, I've, I'm a faithful person. I, I believe in prayer. Um, I, I, I pray and I have faith of what tomorrow can be because it's not here today. That doesn't mean tomorrow or the future won't be different. Um, I'm just optimistic on a life period. Um, you have to have faith because if you don't believe it, then how do you expect it to come into fruition? So um, I just believe in having faith, um, keeping the hope, hope alive, and uh, of course pr- praying if 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 that's your uh, b- b- uh, religion or faith. It, um, but it has carried me, um, and here I am in my late 40s and I still have faith I, I, I still don't think it's not possible um, there's other options of course there's so many options um, to be a mother of course um, they have uh, donor um, eggs donor embryos it, it just goes on and on you have surrogate so um, there is never too late um, but when a woman is talking about her own fertility and she's wanting to um, do it, you know, her own self, um, then earlier is best, of course, Um, earlier is best. And those education classes, and we need to talk to our young people about freezing eggs, Mm -hmm. all of that, because had I known of my endometriosis with pays such a strong role I would have wished my doctor would have said freeze your eggs now exactly just in case um later on yeah yeah and even though that doesn't necessarily offer any guarantees but it's best to know so that way you can make informed mm-hmm. decisions right like because yeah. in some cases they say that endometriosis can impact the egg quality and stuff like that or even so it'll be nice for people to know that then yes yes it would it 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 would be nice to know what everything about endometriosis has to do with your your own fertility what your own body may be may and may not be able to do later yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was just more of a pain thing for me um and I think that could have been partially um my drive was the pain um because Mm -hmm. I had I wasn't ready for children. I didn't think I wanted children until my thirties um, because I had two older, I have two older brothers, so they had children. And so right. when I was younger, I was an auntie, you know, I was a, I was a real auntie, you know, so I had yeah. kids always around me. So I was always raising or teaching or had someone following me or <laughs> playing or taking care of buying things, gifts and you know, I've always had that, I've been had that motherly role. So it wasn't important for me to have kids in my twenties or even my thirties were of that. But after the point, I was like, okay, I'm getting older and older and older now. I really, really need to start thinking about this. So 
had the doctor may have said a little bit of that to me, it would have prompted me to, to maybe make certain moves or think about some things a little bit earlier than I did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there certainly needs to be better um, education, even from the doctors to their patients, mm-hmm. not just about the current condition, but how right. this could potentially impact any future decisions that you might want to make. Right. It's, it's uh, they certainly can do better in that aspect for sure. Mm-hmm. So I know that you mentioned that, you know, you believe that this is going to happen and faith is very important and it's mm-hmm. good to believe it so that it can come into fruition or come to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some days where you feel like I really can't do this anymore or when is this going to happen or like, you know, just those days where it's just not as positive as other days. Yes, of course. I definitely have those days. Um, and I just push through them. Um, I just perseverance. I I just, I just keep thinking, okay, tomorrow, the future. I don't dwell in the moment. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because again, those days will come. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you can't stop them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, you can't. But again, like you said, you know, just trying to focus on what you hope for and desire. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I soak in those, and I, and I believe I've soaked in those, um, not really aware of soaking in those, um, yeah. or sometimes you may procrastinate in that, in that current, um, but I'm always kind of aware. And the older I've gotten, the more aware I am, and I'll get right out of it. I was like, okay. I don't, I don't have time for this, um, yeah. but you, you definitely can um, lose track and procrastinate in those feelings or in those days and they can go one after another sometimes, or sometimes they may go up, sometimes they may go down, um, yeah. but at some point you just, you got to keep looking up and you just got to keep going forward and not look back and just know, okay. You got to get focused and know what it is and get on the track and, 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 and just realize that every day um, matters. Yes, every day does. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And so far in your experience, your fertility journey, how would you say that has changed you? Oh, wow. Um, I think I've become more... Um, aware of myself I've learned myself um more than I think I've ever known myself Mm -hmm. um I've gotten strength from myself um sometimes we live life and we don't really get to know ourselves and um I've had all these years to myself so I've gotten that time to know myself and now I want to share myself um, with my child. So, um, it has changed me. I, I, I've, I've grown. I think I've spiritually grown, um, a lot. And I just, I've grown in wisdom and I just, I want to be able to 
to someone else to carry that on. I want to share that with someone else to carry on. Yeah. Like my mother did with me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, sending you best wishes and hoping that comes to pass very soon. Thank you. And for anyone out there listening, what would you, what do, what do you wish that people knew about infertility? Um, don't be afraid of it. Mm. Um, your doctors may tell you. Um, you may go decide to go to the doctor one day after you have realized after a year of trying on your own. Um, first of all, if you've tried a year consistently, it's time to go to your doctor. Yep. Sometimes six months, you know, it's never too early. Yet, um, it's better safe than sorry. But six to 12 months, you try it on your own. You realize you, you can't do this on your own. You need some help or assistance. And of course, you're keeping God front. And um, you hear the word. Don't be afraid of it. Um, seek out the, the words you don't understand ask the questions see a, a second or third doctor um, you don't have to um, just get comfortable with the, the doctors in your immediate area there are doctors that you can seek out in other states uh, and do remote work um, so just don't be afraid of, of the word. Sometimes we hear the word and we get nervous. Like I know, like I did, I heard, I got nervous and I froze. Um, but learn, what I learned from that is um, you just have to keep, if that's your goal, you just have to keep trying on it and talking to new people, getting amongst groups that you feel you will learn from. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to move away from the, how can I put it? What we know. Yeah. Um, we already know it, so there's no need to clean there. You need to go somewhere where you can learn a little bit more. So, um, like my surroundings or the people I know, so I've had to learn to venture out and not be afraid to venture out to see yeah. what else, some, somewhere else I can learn or or feel more comfortable because sometimes where you're at, sometimes you'll feel uncomfortable. So you have to find the area that you don't and then, then you won't be so afraid. And so I just said six to 12 months, go seek a doctor. If that doctor doesn't, doesn't uh, ring in your ears, then yeah. you need to move on to the next. I know, and, yeah. and don't stop, you know, don't let, don't get tired. You know, you'll find that right doctor that's that's for you and just keep saying your prayers and 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 have hope and faith thank you for sharing that and that's uh, i like the fact that you also mentioned the importance of you know if, if you're not really connecting with your doctor or if you're not happy then it's definitely a good idea to try somewhere else you don't have to stay with the same doctor that you first went to if it's not working out so right Thank you for sharing that. And you speaking about the importance of also seeking out support, uh, you know, your journey uh, brings me to speak about your work with um, Fertility for Colored Girls, because you, you did mention earlier that you're a lead for the 16th chapter. So I wonder if you could speak a little bit about 
Fertility for Colored Girls and for anyone listening, what's available for them? Yes, yes. Um, please um, go to their website. Um, it's uh, www.fertilityforcolorgirls.org. Um, and you will learn that Fertility for Colored Girls is there to seek to provide educational awareness, support, and encouragement to African-American women, couples, and other women of color experiencing infertility and seeking to build the families of their dreams. Um, also, um, Fertility for Color Girls seeks to empower African-American women to take charge of their fertility and reproductive health. Um, the organization was found by uh, Reverend Stacy Edward Duns, um, who herself battled um, about seven years um, and, and, um, and longer and, and, and went through um, a IVF treatment until she decided, until she was able to finally conceive in 2014 and have her baby girl. And she has since went on to have twins at 50. So wow. She, yes, she's That's amazing. She's definitely an encouragement. Um, she's definitely an encouragement, um, and they're beautiful. So she has three girls now, mm -hmm. um, after, after all those years and all those treatments, just imagine seven IVF Oof, treatment. What yeah. What a testimony though. That's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And so and inspiring. A lot, hmm. a lot of the states it's covered in insurance. You know, you'll find more than northern states. Um, I'm from down south, and you don't really get that as, as, as often. Um, but things are changing a little bit. Yeah. But the organization is, is there. Um, there. We just started the 16th chapter um, in Florida here last year during, the, during COVID. We haven't okay. had our first in-person meeting yet. We've been doing it all virtually. Well, yes. That's a good thing, right? Because you can now reach more people in yeah. the U.S. and all across the world. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. virtual meetups. So, yes. And there's chapters all over. Um, so if you go on the website, you, you'll find them. Um, New York, Chicago, Washington. Uh, I can't list them all. Florida. So... Um, but the thing is, Black women has, have twice the odds of infertility compared to white women. And we feel like we don't, or they feel like we don't, you know. Um, it's been, I was misled. I thought we were, like we were talking earlier, we, we are more fertile, but that's not the case. Yeah, but isn't that crazy, though? First, to mm -hmm. sit around thinking that mm -hmm. there is no issues and we have you know, we're so fertile when in reality you're twice as likely as white women to mm -hmm. that's just can you imagine not having that information and just sitting in that false belief that yeah. yeah. That was me for many years. Wow. Yeah. And even though black women, um, the leading cause of infertility is, is urinary fibroids there are other issues that we have. Like I didn't have fibroids until um, my thirties. Before that, in my twenties, I suffered with endo, still suffer with endo. 
So there, but a lot of times women don't get diagnosed because of the procedures they need to do to diagnose. Now they're having, now they have a lot of other ways of di- diagnosing you. Yeah, and it's all very expensive as well. You know, first yeah. of all, you need education and awareness to know that it exists. And then even if you know that it exists, then the cost of it as well. So that's mm-hmm. where, you know, having the healthcare that covers it and insurance really plays a big role. Right. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know, it, it's going to take healthcare as well to um, help with diagnosing these things earlier, like endometriosis. Yeah. Um, because I was never not one to not get my annual. Um, but that's not where I found out about this. It was, you know, through a reproductive doctor. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because sometimes people go for all these annals and you feel like, well, I've done the test, I need to do everything, it's fine, everything is perfect. Well, the doctors are not actually checking for those. They're just doing other tests, not, you know, checking for other issues like fertility, like endometriosis or fibroids or sometimes those things are overlooked for so long. Yeah, sometimes they're overlooked. Something endometriosis, unfortunately, the, the medical world only had a certain procedure they did, which is laparoscopy, to even diagnose you with endometriosis. So it's not like you go take a blood test and it tells you. Yeah. You know, you have to actually do a surgical procedure before they can even diagnose you. So just imagine that. Just saying, well, you... You, you have to go change. Yeah. Go, yeah. go to sleep yeah. and have a minor procedure before we can, well, not a minor, I call anything going to sleep on anesthesia, not minor, but having a surgery to know what's going on. Yeah, that yeah. has to be a better way. Yes. And I think they're, they're on the right tracks. It's, it's slow, but, but surely, you know, the next generation, um, hopefully my child generation will have a better ups. Yeah, mm-hmm. with all all this advocacy work you're doing and speaking yeah. out and fertility for colored girls, yeah. there'll be more awareness and education, and then people will know this information much earlier Correct. and be able to seek help if needed. Yeah, even when needed. Thank you for sharing that. And if anyone wanted to reach out to you after listening today and wanted to connect, what's the best way to reach you? Um, yes, you can. Um please reach out to Fertility for Colored Girls. Um, you can email info um, at Fertility for Colored Girls and ask about the nearest chapter to you um, and you will get a reply. Perfect. And if you could go back in time to, I don't know, 18 or 19 year old Tam, what would you tell her? Hmm. What would I tell her? Um, I don't know. What would I tell her? <laughs> yeah. 19-year-old Tam, I don't know, was 19-year-old Tam carefree, like whatever? <laughs> no, she actually wasn't. She, she wasn't? was really a planner. Um someone that uh was was careful um so 
I that's God. great. You're much better than me. Nineteen hours. I probably would have said have a. I probably would say have a little bit more fun. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Eighteen, nineteen. Have a little bit more fun. Yeah. That's all you need. Eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> exactly. But then we think you're so old. You know, you feel like I'm now like an adult. You can you try to be serious and. You think that, you know, I'm doing all yeah. by myself now. I'm not home with my mom or dad. I can do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're not made yet to have it all together. So don't even yeah. try. Just <laughs> just enjoy yourself. Enjoy those years. Um, I you know, I I yeah. went to college 18. I went to community college here um at home. Um, but uh I just was a homebody. I was a homebody. I didn't go out much. Um, um, but I probably would have did a little bit more traveling. Definitely yeah. a little bit more traveling. That's it. Definitely a little bit more traveling. That's good. Now you're working in the travel industry. So hopefully yeah. you can get to travel more. Yes, I do. I do. I try get travel every chance I get. My oh, getaway wonderful. is anyone's beach. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. And if you had to share one quote or word of affirmation that has helped you through your journey, what will it be? Any quote or word of affirmation? Um, pretty much the tw- um, Psalms 23. Um, that is one that I always fall on. And when I'm ever in doubt or nervous or um, just don't know what the next minute would bring, that's, that's, I'm repeating it to myself. Thank you for sharing that. And as a wrap up, do you have any words of encouragement I'd like to share to any person or individual or couple currently going through a fertility journey? Yeah. Don't give up. Hold on to hope. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's been amazing having you on here today, Tam. You have shared so much. Thank you. Inspiration and have encouraged so many of us, myself and many people listening, I'm sure. Uh, your strength is just so inspiring. Uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing to you know, to support so many other people and to help others have enough information and education about what options are available and for all the work you're doing with the Fertility for Colored Girls as well, trying to normalize these conversations in our societies mm-hmm. and communities, and just making things much easier for the future generations. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's all about, the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you for coming on the show today. And you're welcome. Been- been a pleasure having you on here and we look forward to you having you again in the near future nice meeting you ola thank you i appreciate it thank you thanks for joining us this week on the fertility conversations podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please give us a five-star rating and subscribe follow us on instagram at fertility conversations if there are any topics you would like to have discussed please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.